The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Wimbet. Wimbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to in-game odds, Wimbet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100. Get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Wimbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Here's Lewandowski. Just needs half a chance. Lewandowski! De Gea to the rescue. He's done really well. Pulls it back. And that's just across the face of goal. And wide. Bruno Fernandes looking for Beckhorst. Beckhorst is going through. Big save by Tostegen. Big, big moment in this tie. And Tostegen denies Veghorst. Sancho. Rashford's in. Rashford. Oh, it's a great save, Tostegen. It was a really awkward one for Marcus to sort of get it out Dig of his out. feet. Yeah. It's short. Again, he's boxed in as well. Oh, Wambazakas let it run across him. Trouble now, and the deflection is well saved by David De Gea. Oh, and the header down and into the net by the former Chelsea man, Marcus Alonso. Oh, United will be so disappointed to concede from a set piece like that. Now here's Rashford at the other end, though. Rashford driven wide, scores! Brilliant. Marcus Rashford. Equals his best ever scoring tally, 22 for the season. And he scored on the biggest stage in European football. Oh, he beats his man beautifully. Rashford across the face of goal, it's flicked in. Rashford made it. Manchester United have come from behind to lead. Fina dangerous ball in. There is Lewandowski. Did he get the touch or has it gone straight in? Rafinha's cross towards Lewandowski and Barcelona level it up at 2-2. I think I picked the most boring commentary ever there. He really did not do that game justice. We will attempt to do it justice shortly. Before we do that, let me tell you, you are, of course, listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Bet MUFC Twitter account at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. Soccer Gambling Podcast is at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. We're on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and they are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And finally, my other Twitter account is at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That's the Twitter account for LockBetting.com that has provided 116 months in a row of transparent track profit on the route to 117 after smashing soccer this month and the Super Bowl. Sign up for the service. You can see the pinned tweet on the Twitter account at LockBetting.com, which is the PL for the previous month, the 116th month, which features features for the Super Bowl on that spreadsheet. Also follow the TikTok and the Instagram. The TikTok is also at LockBetting.com. The Instagram is just at LockBetting. What we do on there is we provide very useful betting videos, 30 to 45 second videos with very useful betting information, very useful and digestible content. So moving on with this edition of Bet MUFC, as I said, the commentator did not do that game justice. That was probably the game of the season. Many people said that should have been or was worthy of being the Europa League final. 
I don't have tickets to the Carrell Cup final next weekend yet. Uh, they're being priced up at crazy prices, 700 to £800 each. Uh, but I do have tickets to Manchester United, Barcelona. And I think given the choice, a lot of fans would probably like to go to the second leg more than the final, the way that it's teed up. And for me, I think it means more as well. I expect us to beat Newcastle, especially now with the injury issues they have and with the goalkeeping issues that they have. They can't um, they can't play Dubravka because he's cup-tied. Now Nick Pope is suspended after the red card against Liverpool. Um, they already were missing Gomares in midfield. So I do believe that Manchester United are in a very, very strong position to win that trophy and expect them to win that trophy. But I think Barcelona, beating Barcelona and even hanging with Barcelona and Having a having a put in a performance where we should have won, and we'll talk more about it in a second, I think puts us back where we want to be among Europe's elite. Winning against Newcastle is obviously vital, and I think losing against them would be more of a setback than anything, because I think the expectation is that we will win. But Barcelona is different. Barcelona are top of La Liga. They're ahead of Real Madrid, who are the Champions League holders at the moment and could make another run at the Champions League. They're up against Liverpool in the next round in what the bookies have as a 50-50 tie. Uh, Liverpool just coming into form at the right time, though, for that game. So that really is moving towards being a legit 50-50 tie. But Barcelona don't lead a, um, a, 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 a group of mugs. It's not like winning the French League for PSG. Barcelona have done very well to get into the position that they are in. They have also spent a lot of money, pulled a lot of levers and are gambling, massively gambling on success. Because if Barcelona aren't successful with a number of financial levers that they've pulled in order to build this team, then Barcelona are done. So this isn't no average Barcelona team for a while um, when Lionel Messi first left. In fact, even towards the final few years of Lionel Messi, this was an average team carried by Messi. And as soon as he left, it just became an average team. But now they've pulled these financial levers. Barcelona are a force. And to hang with that force and to be in a position where we should have beat them, and not just because um, down to chances created in the game, down to very, very poor and controversial refereeing decisions. Eric Ten Hag mentioned it as well. And Eric Ten Hag has done a very good job of not putting himself into that bracket of a of a Klopp or a Guardiola or an Arteta where they're constantly seen as moaners and manipulators. Eric Ten Hag has stayed clear of that and has kind of saved his complaining for when it's just and clear. And he felt it was just and clear. And it was just and clear. Manchester United, granted, did not start this game well. They seemed a little bit nervous. They conceded a lot of possession to Barcelona and especially were on the back foot as Barcelona dominated the game in the in their first third for the first 20 minutes of the game. But once Manchester United came into it, they were the ones who had the better chances at the end of the first half. Weghorst should have put Manchester United ahead for sure. And then uh, Barcelona's goal at the start of the second half actually came against the run of play, but Manchester United immediately responded. They picked up where they left off at the end of the end of the first half, and Marcus Rashford suddenly just started to tear Barcelona apart. And I'm not just talking about scoring a goal. I'm not just talking about the assist for the goal. I'm talking about then going clean through 
and looking like he was about to win the game before being brought down by Jules Kunde. Now, I know this was outside the box. I'm not asking for a penalty. I'm asking for a red card that essentially not only ends the game, but ends the tie. Because Manchester United played against 10 men, most likely would have taken advantage of that and got on to win 3-1. Instead, Barcelona had 11 men on the pitch and were able to get the equaliser. And then towards the end of the game, admittedly, Manchester United were hanging on. But a red card at 2-1 not only ends that game, but would have ended the tie. And Eriksen Haag knows that. I know that. And the fact that I know that means that Manchester United are back in among the European elite. That performance alone to hang with Barcelona and to be in a position where we were robbed means that Eriksen Haag has got Man United back where they belong. This was a phenomenal performance. It means more to me than, than winning the Carabao Cup. Although, as I said, if we don't win that, it is a big setback because the expectation is that we will. Um, we just need to finish the job next week. It's very, very important. If we repeat that performance and we go into this with our former Old Trafford where we've won... 13 of the last 14 during just one, then Barcelona will be out of the competition. We will get over the line. We will get this win. If we repeat this performance once again next next Thursday, that will be it for Barcelona. But we'll preview that more in depth um, on the next edition of Bet NFC in midweek. That will be the preview. We'll also have a quick glance at how the draw might open up for the um, for the Europa League in terms of who's left. I expect Manchester United or Barcelona to become the favourites ahead of Arsenal to win the competition if they get through. And if you look at the way that they played against each other, you can see that these are the two best footballing sides in the competition. Arsenal do play some some great football, but there's a reason why I um, I was against them winning the EPL. I just feel that there isn't the experience there to get them over the line in big games. Biggest game they had this season was at home to Manchester City, and Manchester City won the ball with won the game with considerably, considerably less of the ball. And I feel like in key moments in this knockout competition, where one mistake could mean that you're out, Arsenal's Arsenal's inexperience will tell, and um, they'll end up getting themselves knocked out of this competition as they have done previously. But I do believe Arsenal are en route to being a elite team themselves as well. They do need the investment. If you can build around Odegaard and Bakayo Saka and the um, and the current back four that you've got um, with, with Ramsdale behind them, uh, keep Thomas Partey fit. Arsenal are well on the way. The problem is, is that the squad depth's not there. We've seen how they've suffered without the loss of Thomas Partey. Manchester United have a lot more depth. Uh, admittedly, we are not coping as well without Casemiro. It's incredible how important he's become. It's incredible how this position across the board has become so important. When you take the CDMs out of a lot of teams, they do seemingly suffer. I think if you look at um, Arsenal with Partey, you look at Rodri at Manchester City, we haven't seen how they cope without him when by bringing in Calvin Phillips, who's basically been a bystander all season. Manchester United with Casemiro. You can even look at Tottenham with Hoiberg, who's become a very important player for them. It's just become one of the most important positions in football. It's no longer just a position where you just read the game and break down the play in front of the back four and do a very, um, a very, very much a cleaning up job. Now it's more of a case of picking up that ball, picking out passes and travelling with the ball. One of the key reasons Manchester United wanted to sign Frankie de Jong was because he's the best at picking the ball up in that area and suddenly advancing it up the pitch. And that's something I was watching for when we played against Barcelona to see how Frankie de Jong did that. And obviously that was one of the main reasons that Ten Hag wanted to sign him. But I think over the course of the season, 
Barcelona have become better at knowing how to utilise Frankie de Jong and Frankie de Jong has become more popular with the fans and therefore I think um, getting Frankie de Jong is now even more unlikely than last summer. Last summer it's just a case of he wanted to live in Barcelona, his girlfriend wanted to live there and that made it difficult. Now I genuinely think the Barcelona team understand him a lot more and the supporters are more um, are more a fan of him than they were before. Therefore I think he's going to be a more difficult player to sign and I don't see that happening in the summer. So let's move on to the Leicester game. Before we do that, let's have a listen to Eric Ten Hag. Um, tomorrow, Friday, UK time. Um, I'll start with Rob Dawson. Eric, it's obviously um, a hard, hard night for your players. It's, a, it's an intense game, and then you've got to, to start again against Leicester in an important game on Sunday. Is it possible for the players to, to re-energise and recharge for over such a short space of time for a big game on Sunday? Yes. Of course, and it's about if we do the things right, and we are ready. We are in this rhythm for many weeks, and so our players are doing really well in their sleep, in their recovery, in their food, and they will be ready for Sunday, definitely. Dave. Hi Eric, um, you're third in the Premier League on course to return to the Champions League. Did this performance tonight convince you and show you that this team belongs back in the Champions League? That you can get back there straight away? Oh, we are in the right direction, but we have to fight for it. Uh, that is uh, two ways. One is the Europe League and the other way is the Premier League. So we know what to do and we have to see it from game to game and to fight and to get, in, uh, to get back in the Champions League. Eric, with the busy schedule, is it something that the players, you know, should relish and accept that this is what they've got to deal with if they're going to be competing for big trophies right to the end of, of competitions? Ah, but those the, the players in our squad, they liked it. They like it. I, uh, they like to play big games, and they know also as a team and as individual, you grow from such games. Uh, today, we we uh, we went better players, we went better team. Uh, um, so uh, and it will help us in our process and we are in the right direction so we have to keep um, this process going we will analyse again we will criticise what, what went good what went wrong uh, and we move on uh, Sunday next game next big game Harry Christine Arsenal Drop a lot of points. Manchester City have had a couple of slip-ups. Does this show that the title is still up for grabs for more than two clubs? Uh, we we don't think about uh, so far what is what we have to do is uh, to put us in April in the right position, and so our thinking can only be on uh, the next game. Always have to be better as the previous game, and think about game for game and put there the energy and the focus in. So does that mean that to, for an April to still be within maybe a chance, maybe within four or five points of the, the top? Uh, it, it does mean that we have to win on Sunday uh, and that we have to collect the three points against Leicester and that uh, demands a lot of energy and demands high standards. Eric, I know there's lots of games and competitions for you to focus on, but bubbling in the background is news over potential investors and a takeover of the club. Have you been following that at all? Have the players been following it? How do you keep their focus on the football? No, 
we're following it's our club eh? and and of course we are we are committed but we are focusing on football on training and our way of play on games eh? that is what we are focusing and we really enjoy it in the moment with to, uh, in togetherness and it's um, enjoyable to work and yeah, we are focusing on, on games and we are four leagues so others in the clubs have, have uh, will have to take decisions uh, give efforts in the process but it's not up to us um, last question Samuel just just on that Eric have you spoken to Richard Arnold or any of the Glazer family about what could happen with the takeover no just, that will say from the start yeah uh, they informed me how the process was going but um, so there we make out uh, I focus on football uh, they are focusing uh, on uh, in other parts departments of the club uh, how to get everything for instance financed ok thank you very much Ten Hag was a lot calmer there than he was straight after the game after the game was the first time where I really saw him complain about something that was unjustified. I'm going to actually add that clip to the show. So I am going to play that in a second. Before I play it, let me quickly tell you guys about Wimbet, who are the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Wimbet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. Wimbet's Build Your Own Bet. Great payments, odds, and payouts are happening right now at Wimbet, so if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited estate availability. And of course... If you hit the big long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you need to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Now, the offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present. This state will pay for it. Winbet is available for you. Someone you know is a gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. United. I think we dictate in the game. And a part of maybe 15 minutes first half. Uh, we had some difficulties, but for the rest, we dictating the game and we outplayed so many chances. So I was a little bit disappointed that in halftime it was no-no because we we should have scored and opportunities they had we created by uh, by ourselves. But I think it was a great game. Uh, two attacking teams. Uh, uh, I think it was really a Champions League and even more than that. So I really enjoyed the game. A uh, lot of fun. Um, uh, in the end, two-two. We have to finish it in Old Trafford. You've, you found your cutting edge in the second half. You've got that clinical edge. You had to come back from a goal down. So there's a lot of character in the side there. Oh, we have a lot of character, determination in this team. Um, only what I saw I missed. Uh, so the, the belief we had to score the first goal. And the meaning of the first goal is so important. And that's what we didn't do. And, and then you know, we turned around when we were down. And then I also, I think... Uh, the refereeing had a big influence in this game. I think it was a clear foul on Ressi. You can discuss if it's in or outside the box. Looked like it was just out. But yeah. Okay, but then it's a red card because uh, he was one-on-one with the keeper. So uh, it's a big influence, not only on this game, uh, but uh, in this round. And uh, it can't be. Uh, refereeing can't make such a mistake. And Rashford is still in that amazing form at the moment. He's very difficult to stop. He is. But I think, that, uh, of course, I will accredit Rashford, definitely, because he's in a great form. But the whole team uh, did well. I think it was a really cool team performance. You decided to use Veghorst in a deeper position again. You tried it for a few minutes against Leeds. Did that work, the plan worked tonight? 
I think so. <laughs> but it's not about only about Wout, but he did well in that position. And I, I know he can be, but it gives us a lot of uh, uh, variation. Uh, but also, uh, you know, I want to with Jaden and Bruno coming in the half spaces, uh, get them on the ball and make runs from both from deep. And with the fullbacks joining in, I think we had a lot of variation and we had a lot of um, opportunities and we should have won this game. We're all looking forward to the return at Old Trafford. If the game is like this, I, I can imagine everyone uh, wants to see that game. Yeah, so that's as heated as I've seen him. And still, that's very calm, diplomatic, reasonable. Nothing like the level of a Klopp or a Mourinho or an Arteta or even a Guardiola. Um, actually, uh, son met Guardiola this weekend and um, not a very nice man at all. But... Not the time, not the place to discuss that. But yeah, Eric Ten Hag, very much the first time we've seen him really complain about something. And I felt it was justified. He he was justified in what he was saying. The red card there does essentially end that game and uh, end the tie as well. But we move on. We have to finish the job at Old Trafford. And that will be a fascinating game to, 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 to watch. And I will be in attendance for that one. I'm also going to be in attendance for the game against Leicester which happens today. Manchester United, of course, are the favourites to win it, but not as short as you would expect them to be. Obviously, because of the spot that we're in, this is a definitive sandwich spot. And the price does reflect that with United just being the 8-13 favourites. It's 10-3 on the draw, and it's 9-2 on Leicester. I'm worried about the game. Uh, what Eric Hogg said there does give me reassurances in terms of the players being ready for it, the players being used to it. But I'm still going to move away from having any selection that involves Manchester United winning the game. I can see Leicester City coming here and getting a draw. This is all they have to play for. This is like a cup final for them. They've had a long time to prepare for it. And I think we will get the best version of Leicester. And this is a Leicester team who have improved recently in form. I do expect United to win it, but I certainly wouldn't be getting you guys to back it. And therefore, I think the best way to bet this game would be to take the over two and a half goals. Over two and a half goals is available at four to six minus 150. United come into this one having scored at least twice in each of the last eight games across all competitions and six of those have seen over two and a half goals in total and scoring two goals again here would put us in a good position to cash this play because I do feel that Leicester will be able to score a goal against the United team playing this schedule. So I think we'd need two goals to win it. Leicester have scored eight goals themselves across the last two games and these sides should be able to combine, I feel, for those three goals that you need to cash this over two and a half goals. This does give us protection of a of a, of a potential 2-2 draw or a 2-1 loss to Manchester United. Look, anything's possible in this schedule. You're looking ahead not only to Barcelona, a defining game, which would mean, as I said, you're back among Europe's elite and you've knocked out the... the the, the co-favourite, I would say, to win the competition and you yourselves then become the favourites to win it. Obviously, there's still obstacles to overcome when you look at the re-emergence of Sevilla, when you look at a team like Arsenal. Yes, it's not done and dusted by beating Barcelona, but you are in a strong position. And then next week, you have a chance to end your trophy drought against Newcastle and you're boosted by the fact that they had some major injury problems. So, yeah, this seems the least important game. But 
when you look at how Arsenal are faltering slightly, they did bounce back yesterday against Villa. When you look at the situation with Manchester City, they can't even capitalise on um, on their win against Arsenal, which I thought was an absolute given, and they should have done. They missed a plethora of chances. They they robbed us of cashing a lock on the EPL show um, yesterday, but they but they ultimately didn't get the win. This is a different Manchester City. This is an Arsenal team that aren't used to being in that position. We have to be ourselves in position to capitalise. We also don't know if Arsenal are going to, or if Manchester City rather, are going to have a points deduction. So we're fighting on all fronts, and it's easy to lose sight of of what we're trying to achieve it's easy to get a little bit tired and look ahead and um, I think just you know if even if you're not looking ahead it's just tiredness alone you can talk about as the manager talk about the food talk about the preparation talk about players being used to it with their sleep and and everything with the routine Leicester are fresh and this ain't the Leicester team who are dropping points left and right at the start of the season do I expect Man United to win Yes, I do expect Manchester United to to find a way to do it. We've been doing that frequently. That's why we've managed to hang with um, with Arsenal, Manchester City, and take away those first two games of the season. Obviously, there's other other games you can look at where you say oh, we drop points against Palace or we drop points against Leeds. But just take away those first two games which we didn't really play and didn't really start the season right. Um, then then we are well well in this title race. So since then we've been able to adjust and pick up points. I do expect us to win. But your main lean, once again, for this game would be the over two and a half goals at the price of 46 minus 150. That's for me and this edition of Bet MEOC. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.